Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 59 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this week is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. That's right, Couchtown Coffee. It's my favorite coffee. As a matter of fact, I'm drinking some right now. Um, it's early in the morning, and I'm doing some of the pre-recording for some of this stuff, and, you know, Couchtown Coffee hits the spot. I'm not even just saying this because they're a sponsor and yada, yada, yada. If they ever were to not become a sponsor, I would still buy the coffee and drink it. That's how good it is. Um, I mean, I, I was looking for a sponsor, and it had to be somebody that I, would, I knew I was going to use the product and uh, have, a, have a use for the product, too. So, Couchtown Coffee came in clutch and uh they've been sponsoring the podcast for weeks and weeks and weeks now so if you haven't heard of couchtown coffee please go to www.couchtowncoffee.com check out all the coffee they have there in the coffee sections uh find one you like make an order check it out you can even save you can even save 20 percent on your order this week if you use the code word grandma yeah that's right the code word's grandma why is the code word grandma? Because I'm sitting down with David Tillinghast Jr. And uh, he plays with those punk rockin' grandmas in the Eleanors. Uh, I've seen the Eleanors play a couple of times. They are awesome to watch live. They're always out doing stuff. Uh, I mean, as far as going to shows, supporting the other bands and everything. I see them at a lot of shows, uh, even if they're not playing on the show. So a uh, huge shout out to everybody in the Eleanors for doing that. This episode is a really good one. Uh, it kind of takes a couple twists and turns here and there. Uh, David asks me some questions that are pretty good. I guess I should call him Till. Uh, that's what I guess I'm supposed to call him. So Till uh, ends up you know, asking me some questions. He spins it around on, you know, spins the interview chair around on me a couple of times. And this is a fun one. We, uh, we not only talk about the things we like about our, uh, each other and our bands, but we also kind of go a little deeper as to like what kind of music we do and don't like, uh, you know, feelings and emotions that that music makes us go through. So there's all sorts of goodies that we go go through in here. And uh, shout out to David for helping me make this episode uh, a really, really fun one. So uh, this one was another one I recorded on Skype. You know, it's just really hard to get out these days. Um, what with my schedule and uh, school coming up again, I'm going to probably do a little bit more Skype interviewing. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, if you guys want to uh, hit me up about it, just go to www.audiblefarm.com. I'll have more about that in the outro. Right now, we are going to get to it. It's episode 59 with David Tillinghast Jr. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Uh, I'm sitting down today with David Tillinghast. Is that is, is it Junior? Is, do you want to Junior? Throw, yes. Ju- all right. Yes. So I gotta throw the Junior in there. Right. There's three of us: David Tillinghast, Senior, Junior, and the third. Oh, there's another one. Ho- holy cow! That's right. Uh, is, I'm, I'm assuming it's yours since you're Junior. Uh, it is mine, thankfully. Yes. Woohoo! <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so you play guitar in a band that I recently, uh, saw for the first time and it's the Eleanors. Yay! Yeah, man. Punk rock grandmas, everybody. Punk rock grandmas. And that's actually your, uh, Facebook handle is at punk rock grandmas, but they are the Eleanors. 
That's right. Yeah, the uh, the Eleanor's was taken by a, a folk group in Vermont, uh, a bunch of middle aged ladies, and uh, every now and again, uh, people link to that. So uh, well, we took you know we took, we took punk rock grandmas, but uh, we always like it when they get a little free publicity from the uh, punks in Des Moines. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess you know, just giving back to the community, you know. Indeed, indeed. So uh, I, I have a hard time exactly describing what the Eleanor's sound like. It's it's punk. I don't know if it's exactly like, um, I don't know. I can't put my finger on it. It's like a little bit of everything. Yeah, we get that a lot, and I describe it in how what I think we sound like, and the other people in the band are always like, oh, nobody knows what you're talking about. But the way I describe us is we're like the Ramones mixed with early pretenders hmm like if you ever listen to like early like first album second album pretenders and then added kind of the 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 speed and style of the ramones that's the eleanor's i'll have to check it out i uh, actually don't think the early pretenders anything crosses my mind so i'll have to i'll have to check that out for your your analogy of what it is yes you got yes and and Keep going, man. Oh, go ahead. No, man. I'm oh, sorry. I was going to say, everybody out there, take that advice because you're you're only hurting yourself if you're not listening to really early pretenders. Ah, there we go. So I got something to listen. I think it sounds like every podcast I've had recently, someone's like, "You should check this out," and it's like, "Okay, I'll write it down and I'll check it out." So I've got For sure. a little list that's been going here that's adding stuff to whether or not it's like one specific song by one specific band or. Or what it yeah. is. So, so is it like some of your favorite stuff, The Pretenders, or or what do you what do you, what are some of your favorite bands then? Um, you know, for me personally, I obviously grew up on a lot of punk and metal, um, which is well, I guess I say obviously because I play in a punk band, but uh, you know, um, yeah, growing up it was a lot of punk and metal, and um, got into rockabilly for a while, got into a lot of indie music, and. Um, now back playing punk but my favorite bands geez it, it's all over the place um i am really into a band called the ocs uh really into, into a band right now called cloud nothings cool uh, growing up it was a lot of a lot of no effects and sublime and and yep. ska bands and punk bands uh, a lot of rancid Nop ivy stuff like that yeah um, oh, i've been listening to this band from canada uh, like three bands from Canada recently that I really dig, and one of them's a band called the Japan Droids. Cool. Well, have you ever heard them? No, but that's an awesome. That's an awesome name. <laughs> They're pretty wild, man. It's it's uh, a guitarist and a and a drummer that play this sort of like, you know, dirty like bar punk grunge, and uh, it's good stuff. That's awesome. Um, yeah, another band is this band called Fucked Up. Oh, can I swear on this podcast? You sure can. Okay, cool. Uh, that's the name of the band. The band's called Fucked Up, and they're also, they're more like a, I don't know, they're instrumentally, they're like a melodic punk, but but uh, the singer is screaming into the microphone the entire time, like absolute poetry, so they are definitely an interesting band. Um, and shoot, uh, third band I already mentioned, Cloud Nothings. Um, oh, wait, no. No, 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 no. Uh, band uh, out of Canada is who I was talking about. Uh, is Bike Thieves. We just played with them recently, and I started listening to their music leading up to that gig and was blown away. So those are three bands that are all from Canada. That Canada's something in the water up there because they're they're putting out some good stuff right right about now. Yeah, dude. I you know, and when you said Bike Thieves, I was like, I know that name. Where have I heard that name? And it's because you guys played with them. 
And, That's and, right. And you guys have done, I got to say, like, you guys have done a great job of establishing your name. Like, how long have you been a band as the Eleanors? Okay, so that is a good question. So I've been in the band for about a year. Um, prior to that, Cheyenne, our, our lead singer and, and rhythm guitarist, had joined the band maybe three months before me. And Jake, uh, the drummer, and Seth, the bass player, had formed the Eleanors with a different lineup a couple years ago, but never really gigged out, never played anywhere, played some covers, and, and never really got out of the basement. Uh, and so this is, this is about a year with this lineup uh, and only about six months of that gigging at this point. And yeah, was, so we Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you guys came on the scene pretty fast and hard. It was one of those deals where it's like, well, the Eleanor's, I don't know. Like I'd seen the name, but I didn't know who they were. And it's like, man, you guys are playing shows left and right at every venue. It seems like, yeah, we, it was wild. Uh, it just sort of fell into our laps. Um, when we first decided like, okay, we've got enough music that we could play, uh, gigs without having to play the exact same songs over and over again yep. and really wanted to get out there and start playing. Um, I just, I, I'm a, I'm a software engineer during the day. So I set up a website for us with email addresses, like booking at Eleanor's music.com and, um, and just started sending it out to everybody. And lo and behold, people started getting back to me. And the next thing you knew, we had like a full slate of gigs and had never played, out before together so all at once we went from having zero gigs to i think in august we played 10 shows uh just around the des moines area so yeah uh kind of a whirlwind yeah that's pretty crazy and i mean that that's something to be said about uh the professionalism of a band i guess would be another one so like you have that professional appearance and uh you know sending out the the emails and messages to everyone from a website, et cetera. And it, for sure. And it, yeah, uh, it, it helps. Kind of, yeah. I, I laughed about it at first, like, Oh, booking at the Eleanor's.com. Ha ha. Uh, actually it's Eleanor's music.com in case anybody wants to send us an email. Check um, it out. I'm going to go right yeah. now. Uh, there's nothing there because I am a lazy web designer and I have not finished our site yet. Oh, okay. But, but it is going to be awesome. So right now it's just a couple email addresses. Awesome. But uh, but I it was it was enough to seem professional enough to get some gigs. Yeah, I mean it makes sense. Um, just having like a website, I can say that just for like the podcast. Just having like a website was probably one of the coolest things ever. It was just, I mean, for the longest time I just bought a domain and redirected it to uh, a homepage I had somewhere else, and it was like, well, these guys made a website, put me on the page, and then it's just like, well, here's my page on this other person's website. So it's kind of the yeah. same thing, but for sure. I mean, it's so weird. No, that's awesome. It's so weird though, too, because like. Everybody has Facebook, which you have to have Facebook, but if you don't have like a website of some sort, it seems just slightly less official. So Right, right. Even though nobody actually goes to the official sites, you just go Bingo. to the Facebook page. Yeah. Bingo. Yeah, there's man. something about it. Yeah. The only reason I ever go to official sites is to make sure I'm following the actual social medias for things. Right. So, yeah. And every now and again, I'll go to, to like check the tour dates uh, yep. that are farther out. But other than that, yeah. Yeah, it's all on Facebook. Yeah, man, everything's on Facebook. And uh like like I said, you guys did a good job. You guys got a, a Facebook page. It's it's 
I mean, I see your posts a lot. I mean, obviously, <laughs> obviously, I like your page, but uh, you guys do a Thanks, great sir. job of posting things. As a matter of fact, uh, today on the day I'm recording this, you guys had posted a uh, a meme that I ended up stealing and posting on the Three Finger <laughs> Betty page. And then that's awesome. And then I, I had to give you credit. I was like, ah, I stole this from the Eleanors. You should go check them out. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Hell yeah. That yeah. was the uh, the one about the the snacks and the guitar. Yep. 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 Yeah. Having a drummer that may or may not get fed and and mm-hmm. stuffs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. If you guys want to see that uh, that meme, you should definitely be following the Eleanors, y- punk rock grandmas. Yeah, they're posting good stuff. Good enough for for me to share from another band page. So yeah, definitely. I see. I also see this sticker here uh, uh, live at Lefties or the Lefties music. Uh, that was one of your last posts. Was a sticker yeah. at Lefties, dude. I one of the coolest things I saw recently was uh, Vaudeville posted a picture. Vaudeville Muse, and I don't know if it was on Facebook or Instagram or all of them, but it was uh, their staircase with all their stickers. Mm-hmm. And it was like we've got these shows coming up, and it was a really cool picture and everything. And like right in the middle, I could see the Eleanor's <laughs> sticker. I was like, "Yeah, that's awesome!" Yeah. <laughs> we we yeah we every time we play a show at Vaudeville, we're like, "Is our sticker still there? Like, is somebody covered it up? Like, gotta put a new one up if if someone's covered it up." That's smart yeah. though. Yeah, yeah, we're just a bunch of goofballs. So I don't even think there's really any strategy to it. We're just being dumb. But it's work. Whatever you guys are doing, it's working. Because I'll tell you what, the first time I got to see you guys, I was really stoked to see you. And it was just like, yeah, cool. I get to see the Eleanors. We were playing a show with you. Because that was like, I don't know. You guys were just like, we want to play a show with you guys. And I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. cool. And I'd never, I'd never, like, I'd never met any of you guys. And I didn't know if you'd even seen us play live or anything like that. But one of the other cool things about your band is you guys are always, it always seems like one of you is out supporting another show somewhere. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I think that's definitely something that we all kind of coalesced over is that, um, like, Cheyenne, our singer, um, just has this amazing network. And so she's always, she knows somebody from every band or knows somebody who knows somebody. And and I've been going to concerts at every little, you know, hole in the wall in Des Moines since I was in high school. And so it just feels right to always be out there supporting and going to shows. I mean, when lefties was Harry Mary's and before that it was Safari club. And before that it was Harry Mary's again, we were going to shows then. And same with Seth, you know, if there's somebody in town that we want to see, we just go see him and we'll go as a band or we'll go individually and always support the local scene. Because I'll be honest with you like that. That is my dream is that Des Moines scene grows and gets bigger and more people are coming out to the shows and and it starts to get into the cities around des moines and i know otumwa has a really good scene right now and so you know just getting down the highway to otumwa back and forth and and having uh, a big connection there would be you're yeah yeah you're 100 spot on that seems to be a focal point when i talk to people in northern iowa especially in in the Fort Dodge area, there's a huge network of people there that just all go out and support each other. I mean, as a matter of fact, before I recorded this podcast, I recorded uh, another one with another guy in Fort Dodge and uh, Scott uh, Scott Kirkhart. But after we recorded that, we both went and saw one of our buddies, Alejandro Trevino, was playing a solo show. So we went out and went to the show. I mean, not together, but we both went to the show after we were done. And show up i like walk in the door and there's like 10 or 15 musicians from the fort dodge area they're just like watching him play and i was like holy cow first off first off it's a testament to how good he is and secondly it's it's i mean that's alejandro's good but uh, like secondly it was one of those deals where it's like this is just a support system that started somewhere and we touch base on it a little bit in other podcasts but like 
I feel like you are on the right page here as far as uh, you and your your bandmates, your friends, just like kind of being the people to pioneer the effort that is uh, supporting everybody in the local scene, you know? For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I feel like that's what it takes to build a scene because let's be honest, Des Moines and maybe Iowa in general scene has um, gone down over the years and, and there's probably a lot of reasons for that, but there's no reason that we can't have a more vibrant scene and get more people out uh, at just seeing bands that maybe they've never heard of before or maybe they wouldn't go to otherwise. But I am always blown away at how good our local musicians are whenever I see anybody. I mean, when we played with y'all, um, we played with any number of other bands from um, the Des Moines area. We played with the Good Devils uh, from down in Ottumwa, and they're just incredible. Yeah, man. Uh, Those, yeah, that's, another, that's another band that's doing some work, too. Oh, man, they are everywhere, and I keep telling everybody that get on those guys while they're still virtually unheard of outside of this area because they're going to be huge. Yeah, they're, 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 they're doing good things there, man. <laughs> yeah, they're amazingly talented. I'm, I'm a huge fan, so that's just it. I mean, you there's no it's not like you come out to these des moines shows and the bands are ho-hum and you know you're just ready to go home all of them put on a hell of a show every time i go out i'm just blown away and and humbled by how good the other bands are you know like man we got to step up our game now because uh that's 100 percent right man i feel the exact same way especially like I explained it in a couple other podcasts. We're hitting so many like common points between the two of us here. It's, it's insane. Like I would go to shows and it's like, even if I don't play that music and that music is not my favorite kind of music, the point Mm -hmm. to be made is still that that person made that music and I didn't or couldn't or, or wouldn't. And it's so crazy to hear stuff because you'd, I would go to shows and think like, man, I'm, I'm worried that I'm not going to like, music around here because i I was Mm -hmm. always thinking like i'm a little bit snobby but then you'd go to shows and you'd be like dude these guys were tight you know and it's crazy because it's at least every other show i go to there's a band that assimilates itself into like my spotify playlist or it's like i gotta i gotta find a way to listen to these guys when they're not around and oh for sure and you know that's that's a pretty good number when you're considering like one in five bands or one in four bands i'm willing to sit down and listen to on my day-to-day you know Absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's incredible how many good musicians we have. And honestly, we, we get some good out-of-town talent coming through also. And I'm always a little shocked because it feels like we should have more support for them. And Des Moines is absolutely a big enough city to support a bigger scene. It's just we got to get people out to these shows. We got good venues. We got great bands coming through. Just got to get the people out. So all you people out there listening... This is my plug. Come see these bands. Yeah. It is a, it's an absolute privilege that we have this good of music. And I'm not even talking about the Eleanors, although we are the best band in the world. But, uh, <laughs> the best but, band in the world. Yeah, <laughs> dude, you are 100% spot on because it, it's one of those deals where it's I could sit down and, and name 10 bands off the top of my head that I would love to sit down and play with just for the fact that I would get to see them live, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I... Yeah. I mean, not to just like you know scratch each other's back. I can't wait to play with like you guys again. Uh, the the sleepover. Uh, I think you are actually playing a show with the sleepover, right? We are. We're playing a show with the sleepover this Thursday. So uh, today's Tuesday. A couple days from now, we're playing with the sleepover, and uh, there's a couple other really good bands on the bill, and uh, we're gonna have a lot of fun. I think sleepover is 
I, I, maybe I'm stealing their thunder. I hope not. I think they are releasing uh, an album. I believe. I believe that's correct. Let me. Yeah. Let me go to their their page here. I know they've got to have something about it. But yeah, I uh, yeah. I'm fairly certain. I know they've got a music video out. Um, mm-hmm. So that music video is on on their Facebook page. It's also on their YouTube. But yeah. That's going to be a heck of a good show. I uh, I like watching oh, the yeah. sleepover. Their new album is coming along nicely. I got to hear little snippets here and there and it's it's pretty darn good. So Yeah, for sure. No, they they are. I just looked it up. They are releasing an album and um Breakup Haircuts is a band. I don't know if you've ever heard them. They're from uh, North Dakota and uh, I've been digging on their music recently just cuz I'd never heard them before. I, I knew we were playing with them. And uh, and I really dig what they're doing. It's a little different than what we do, but but very good. And uh, Ruby Rocket and the Locomotive Wonder Kid. Okay. Uh, yeah, they're from. Uh, it's this two person band. They're from KC, I think. We played with them recently, but they have deep Des Moines roots. Cool. And so, uh, they come up here and play, and again, knock it out of the park. The time playing kind of roots folk punk, and uh, yeah. Very, very, very cool. Very cool. That's what I'm talking about. Look, look at that. Look at that spread of different styles. I mean, Three Finger Betty, you guys absolutely lay it down every time I see you. I've seen you three, four times now. Yeah. And every single time, just absolutely lay it down. But it's a very, almost like a, I don't know how to describe you guys. It's punk, I think. You guys consider yourself punk? Yeah, we just call it punk, because what else do you call it? Well, yeah, but at the same time, I feel like you've got a certain a certain rock edge to you that sort of transcends that label. You know, it's not like, oh, we just play punk and that's all we do. Yeah. Um, well, you definitely have rock chops. Yeah, every one of us kind of brings our own little style in there. I, and you know, I feel like there's a little bit of that to you guys, too. Uh, like, oh. the, the bass is obviously somewhere in the pop punk area because it's, like, kind of walking. Um, it's got that, like, Ampeg bass tone that was really synonymous with, like, pop punk bands in the 2000s. Absolutely. Yeah, that's Seth, our, our bass player. He is, that guy is a machine. He, uh, show, if you, if, so Cheyenne, our, our singer, does most of our songwriting. I also write a few, but we play mostly her songs. Um, and she'll, She's an absolute dynamo in that I think if you told her that you needed her to write 100 songs in a week, she'd come back with 200. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, and they're they're all unique, and they're all very personal and very raw and very real, and just has an absolute talent for that. And uh, and she'll bring new songs to practice, and, and uh, next rehearsal, Seth's laying down this funky walking bass line for it, and it's like, I'm still just trying to figure out what the chords are, so... yeah. You know, I got very blessed to be uh, put with these, you know, pretty pretty awesome musicians. To be quite honest with you, you know, and I feel like I feel the exact same way though. Like I don't know how I wedged my way to be, you know, just to get to stand next to people that are playing awesome music. Let alone get to be like one of the people that gets to play music as well. For sure, for sure. Yeah, no, and and you know that was it for me. I just you know wanted to have some fun, wanted to join a band, and I saw a posting. Uh, by these guys that basically was like, you know, just a pop punk band, nothing serious. They they mentioned some some bands that I knew as bands that to associate with, um, like the Lillingtons and uh, and Teenage Bottle Rocket, 
And so I was like, well, that sounds good. And I basically said, hey, I'll bring the beer to the, the practices. And that's all it took. So <laughs> Nice. <laughs> now I'm in the band. But, Killer. Uh, yeah. I, you know, and it's, it is pretty neat to be able to like, like how long did you go not being like, have you played in a band before this? Oh yeah, for sure. So I, yeah, no, a long time though. So I, um, played in a lot of bands, you know, through high school, through college and kind of was doing my solo stuff by the time I got out of college. And, um, I met my wife at Iowa state. We moved to, to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and I lived down there for five years. And so I still played and, and tried to play a little bit here and there, but, um, definitely because I didn't know anybody in the area, had a harder time, you know, getting into the music scene and whatnot. Yeah. But moved back up here and kind of got our feet back underneath us. You know, we got a couple of kids, so they were getting to school age and get a little more independent. So, you know, I was basically like, you know, I think I'm ready to play in a band again. And started looking around, played with some people, um, went in auditions for some really weird bands that just weren't a good fit and uh, was about ready to you know, almost throwing the talent, just be like, well, I'll do some recording on my own. Yep. And, uh, I saw this posting for this group, you know, messaged them, went there and the vibe was just great from the beginning. And, you know, next thing you know, we're going out and singing karaoke and having drinks and going shows together. And it's like, Oh, cool. Like I, you know, it's almost the dream. You get people in a band that all of a sudden are like friends more than they are just people you play music with. So yeah, it man. couldn't have worked out any better. That, that's a huge barrier i think uh I, I mean i talk about this a lot in my in the podcast here but it's i feel like there's different avenues to take with music and a lot of people take different avenues for example like some people look at it like 100 percent strictly as business and it's like they get like the four or five most killer musicians they can together uh to play music but sometimes the issue is they don't always get along but if they can work through it it's going to be some killer music but the other end of that is some people just want to like, uh, you know, it's it's like that you just want to have some people around you that you can get along with, that you can play music with and enjoy 100% of your time with and maybe not 100% just be like, uh, you know, just crank everything up to 11 on the intensity meter all the time. For sure. Yeah, and that's definitely where we are. And I would say we've gotten more focused over time. Those early practices um, were definitely more of just a, a cluster but we've gotten a lot better, a lot tighter. You know, we play through our set. We'll add some new songs. But it's still always very jovial and very lighthearted for the most part. And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, for me, if, if it were a matter of getting the best possible musicians, I mean, they would have kicked me out a while ago. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am. <laughs> I mean, I'm a lead guitar player, but at the same time, I am. Uh, are you familiar with the band Ween? Yes. Okay. Do you know what, if I said that, that my style is very br- Brown. Uh, I'm sorry, you cut out for just a second there. Are you familiar with that? Uh, you said your tone was very. Yeah, no, that's okay. If I said very brown, I have a very brown style. Uh, no. Which is if you're if you're if you're a Ween fan, then you know like what basically what I'm saying is that um, uh, there's a lot of happy accidents with my solos and whatnot. A lot of a lot of missed notes that turn into non-missed notes, and uh, you know if I if I get off and, and start going in a different direction. It's just sort of like, well, that's where we're going now. 
and so uh, they they put up with a lot with me but uh but we have a lot of fun doing it so dude that's hilarious so like uh if a band is brown as opposed to being a green band if they're brown they're none of their equipment works or exactly. or, or they're exactly. not they're not on spot but it's it's they can make it their strength exactly so that is yes. that's genius i've never heard that that's that's really cool yeah that's a ween thing that's uh you know it's like it's not good it's just good you know yeah (laughs) that's brown yeah exactly yeah that's how i describe my my play very brown dude i I like i like and you know it's hard to that's one of the things it's hard to pin down what you're doing on the lead guitar and i think that kind of lends itself to what you're doing because it's like it's not like you're just you're not just playing ska stuff you know you're not just playing uh pop punk style solos that are very follow the melody or whatever you know yeah and that's that's one sorry (laughs) that's okay no i I was just gonna say i get off um you know i i played a lot of so a long time ago i aspired to be a jazz guitar player cool yeah i was i was thinking i was gonna go to to berkeley school of music i had a a music teacher that that told me to go uh, apply there because he thought i could get in and then i chickened out and never submitted the application bummer yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? A lot of good things have happened to me as a result. So can't That's say true. that didn't work out. But um, but so I didn't do that. And uh, but so I still have that background of kind of wanting to play those almost like kind of jammy, like very scale based solos. And um, I have to temper that back and play more punky solos at times, just because sometimes people just don't want to hear another, you know, long winded fish solo. Yeah, I could totally get that. Yeah, especially if you're coming to see a punk band, like you, you don't want to hear the dude who's like, "Oh, well, let me play this in the uh, the Dorian mode and and really explore the space." Like, no, <laughs> come, come on, man! Like, just 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 play the melody and, and get it over with. So that's hilarious. I, I try to walk that line between playing funky stuff that that is interesting to me and playing stuff that is also fun for the audience to listen to, and and uh, you know, just making sure that they're having a good time at all times. Yeah, I like, and I totally get that too, because it's like you said, it's walking that fine line. Because like to call Three Finger Betty a punk band, and then to show up and John's ripping, shredding solos, and you're like, whoa, wait a second! Like I thought it was a punk band, you know? So it's For it's, sure. it's kind of weird where you toe the line, and you get to you get to explore a little bit of what you want, but you still keep it kind of what everybody else wants. Oh yeah, for sure, and that's what I mean about you guys. With like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you guys have like straight rock and roll chops. You just happen to play it in a very punk style, which I really dig. I I almost feel like we're carving out a niche here in in Iowa of that sort of like it's a punk band, but at the same time, like some real like Iowa like rock and roll chops. Yeah, so that's cool. There's a lot of barriers getting broken down, and I don't know whether or not it's the. Um, the mishmash of musicians that come together to make bands nowadays, or if it's like the modern influence of what's going on or the fact that like nothing's off limits anymore in music. You got people making like math rock with, uh, you know, like DJ beats behind it and like all sorts of crazy stuff going on. So for sure, for sure. Yeah. No, I was just having this argument. Maybe this is getting off on attention, but I was just having this argument. Yeah. With my sister the other day about, are you familiar with the, the artist Hobo Johnson? No. Okay, so he's kind of this weird hip-hop artist. Very good stuff. I definitely recommend it if you like that sort of thing, because I think he's a genius. But um, I was, we were discussing whether or not he can be considered a singer-songwriter in the way that, you know, like your, your Bob Dylans or your Billy Braggs are. And um, 
he she was saying like oh absolutely absolutely singer songwriter you know he's a lyricist he's putting it to music um and i you know i gotta be honest with you i i I tend to agree even though it's to a hip-hop beat and it's very you know hip-hop oriented like it's almost like he's broken down this barrier between what we traditionally think of a singer songwriter and what we traditionally think of a a hip-hop artist and then put it with this just sort of like gut-wrenching emotional poetry that uh uh, I, yeah. oh man you, you and said i love that you know i love we we cut out for a second you said oh, that ahead. gut-wrenching honesty and then it went but so uh, yeah 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 no i was saying that it's that gut-wrenching like honest like emotional just like poetry that speaks to you know the 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 tough times in people's lives and and i dig it i love people that are are doing something different that you know you've never heard before because honestly i love there are genres i love but i tend to not like the most cookie cutter stuff from those genres and and much more interested in people doing interesting things and i totally get what you're saying about like uh is the guy like the singer songwriter like i always had the argument like am i a musician even though I don't like, I make music, but I don't actually like create any of my own music, even though I, I, I still do in the sense that I play in a band and I play my own leads and I made up my own parts, even though a lot of them are just parsed from what John's playing. But it's still, it's still one of those things where I think to myself, like, uh, what is a musician and what is an artist and what is a singer songwriter? And it's like you said, anymore, anymore, everything's so blurred that it's, it, it, anything could be a singer songwriter. For, for sure. Exa- for example, I remember one time somebody showed me. Let me double check. I think it's a. Uh, okay, so it's the band is. It's not a band. It's not a singer songwriter. I don't know. You can call it um, electronic music of some sort. Uh, so it's okay. a, ma- Masonic, but the A is a four. And uh, okay. this guy just plays a launch pad. A launch pad, and they're like, uh, it's like a ten by ten. Uh, no, it's an eight by eight pad that uh, you can like program anything into any of the 64 keys to make whatever you want. And he like makes drum beats and plays all this crazy techno style music over it. And it's, it's pretty wild. Like there's videos of it online. You can watch him playing a pad and it's like making all this DJ music. And I thought to myself, you know, that's what would get me into electronic music was watching this guy actually push buttons on a thing. Cause whether or not you want to call it, that's an instrument, you know? Cause like, who says that a piece of wood with strings across it is an instrument, like as opposed to this other thing? Not, you know, what makes an instrument and what doesn't? It's the noise, oh, for sure. you know, the noise that comes out of it. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Like, I, um, you know, I definitely have known a lot of, of um, purists in my day, and I definitely tend to lean more towards the eclectic and people who are doing interesting things. Like, like I got really into TV on the radio for a while because I heard him do a cover of the Pixies, um, Mr. Greaves, which I'm a huge Pixies fan, always have been. And um, the, the kind of the, the head, the lead, the guy who is TV on the radio just overdubbed his own voice doing all this acapella like 50 times. Crazy. To do, like all these crazy parts to this song and did this unbelievable beautiful cover and it's like that type of stuff i look at that and it's like you know those are the people that i'm interested in that are doing amazing things um i got on this 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 australian um radio program uh that does so they they basically i can't remember what the radio program is but the segment is called like a version 
Okay. And, and what it is is they have all these artists come in and they'll they have to do a one of their songs, but they also have to do a cover of another band's songs, a band that they like. Okay. And so you get to see all these bands, a lot of bands that you've heard of doing crazy covers of somebody else's stuff. And I've discovered so many cool artists that way. Um, I got into this this girl named uh, Tosh Sultana for a while, who's this Australian guitar player. And I, I shouldn't say she, uh, they, they, they use uh, neutral pronouns, but they are the most incredible pedal looper that I've ever seen in my life doing all this amazing looping and, and saw him do electric feel by MGMT. Okay. Which, it's a song I like. And it's, it, it's stuff like that. Like I watched it and was just sort of like, man, that's who I want to be when I grow up. Like somebody that can do stuff like that. So I love watching people doing stuff that I previously thought was perhaps like impossible. You know, yeah. watching somebody and being like, oh man, I didn't, I never thought you could do something like that. Yes. And, and then they do it. And which is, you know, to get back to our, our local musicians, that's what I like about the Good Devils so much, or about Good Devils, is uh, Bendy their singer-slash-bass player is playing both a guitar part and a bass part through a guitar amp and a bass amp and and somehow manages to make it sound just incredible. Yes. Uh, and that type of stuff, that, those guys inspire me. That I don't think I can. And uh, I love watching people do stuff like that. It's not just like, oh, he's a really technically great player. It's just that they found something that worked for them that is just amazing. Yeah, I mean, that, that is a really inspiring thing, because I'll tell you what, I have the gear to pull off a setup like what they have, I guess. Oh, yeah? Like, I mean, yeah, I've got a bass amp and a guitar amp and an, and some sort of an A-B pedal, and I could try, sure. pull, but I'll tell you what, to make it sound as good as they do is a freaking artwork, because anybody can just hook stuff up, but like making it sound good is the real talent there, right? Absolutely, and it, it helps that, that I don't know if it's Bendy or, or John that's writing their songs, but they write incredible songs that I like. I said, like I, I know I, I'm I might sound like a fan fanboy, but I think those guys are destined for big things, and and hopefully enough people around here get on early that they can continue to rise because they have a sound that is very much them, and I think has a lot of appeal. Yes. Um, and that's one of the things like, uh, being like the podcast guy and like, mm -hmm. and talking to like all the other people in the who's who and what's what of the music scene, I guess, around here, uh, you know, like whether or not it's internet DJs and, and other radio DJs that have shows kind of like mine, there's a lot of people, excuse me, there's a lot of people that would agree 100% with everything you're saying. Um, they think that what they've got going on is, is a pretty cool thing. And uh, like you said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't sleep on the chance to go see them. If, if they're around, check them out. I know they play, yes. I know they play a lot of shows. Yeah. We've gotten to play with them probably three or four times. So if you ever see good devils on the bill with the Eleanor's dude, you owe it to yourself to go. Yes. Uh, that's highly recommended. I guarantee you, uh, you will enjoy what you see. I mean, I'm not, uh, did we play now we play, when we played with three finger Betty did we have I think it was was it good devils us and and y'all I don't oh man I hope hope I'm not wrong but I don't think the good devils were okay. there okay the, I couldn't you know we played so we played with y'all at, at Boggs Hole Ave was God Crutch the other band that night it might have been it yes. might have been yeah yes, yeah, it yeah, was, yeah uh Tim Dominic and God Crutch I think I think that's right for sure for sure um but 
so we played with them at Boggs too. And let me just say, I'm just gonna throw this out there. I think we need maybe a three finger Betty, Good Devils, Eleanor show. That would sometime. be killer. Yeah, yeah. Dude. I don't care if it's in Dodge. I don't care if it's in Tumwa or in Des Moines. Like, let's make it happen. You know, uh, that that could be something that could happen. I, I, you know, we can talk a little bit more about it off air. But I have had a couple people ask me if the uh, if Three Finger Betty has any open open booking days. So I should I should get in touch with the band and and kind of key you guys in on some stuff. But for sure, we'll, we'll see what's going on there. You know, and yeah. I have here's one thing. I, okay, so you guys haven't been a van, band very long, so you don't yeah. have. Uh, do you have any like CDs or anything recorded online yet? Or so so breaking news, breaking Eleanor's news here. We are getting ready to get our record on and at least get an EP done, um, maybe a full length album. We're just at this point, we're kind of deciding how much we have polished enough that we feel proud enough that we're going to actually record it. And um, we have a lot of good songs, but you know, you gotta, we're trying to pare it down to just our best stuff. So um, the Eleanor's are, are actively getting ready to record and hope to have something out sometime soon. Uh, right now we just have a few rough demos um, that we use for booking purposes, but Pretty soon, pretty soon. Like I said, we've been playing everywhere, so we figure we probably should get something recorded. And luckily, you know, not to plug Des Moines too much, but it's a great city. Um, there are a lot of great recording options in between, uh, not just in Des Moines, but in the surrounding areas too, Ames and uh, Ottumwa. And I, somebody said, was is there a recording studio for Dodge that's pretty good? I heard something about that recently yeah man there's one just south of fort dodge in otho uh okay uh, i know for a fact that uh, a lot of the guys from the slipknot okay, uh, family sure. of musicians spend a lot of time at that studio and i also know yeah i also know there's there's a podcast that that uh, i believe is recorded at that studio as well uh it's, really uh, it's called the indie music room uh with heather kelly let me double check i always gotta double check and pull it up to make sure i'm not gonna say it wrong because i don't want to say it wrong and have her hate me forever for but, sure but yeah um indie music room uh, heather kelly for some reason my stuff's not loading but yeah, that's okay yeah i'm uh i'm 99 sure i got that right sorry um if i didn't let me pull something else up here yeah uh so i mean that's like you said there's tons of recording options from any, anywhere hey, you want to go, and, on, everybody? and it's it can episode go. Number oh shoot! Hold on a second. Of the Audible Farm podcast. This episode's brought to you by the one man. For some reason, oh, I see what happened. I had some audio playing. Did you hear that? No. Okay, no. Uh, that's that definitely got picked up and recorded. So uh, I'm gonna have to, <laughs> I'm gonna have to clip this out. But yeah, whatever. That's a that's that's a bonus for the real fans, right all, there. All right. Yeah. You know what that was actually. <laughs> You know what that was? Is if you go to audiblefarm.com, you can listen to the podcast directly from Audible Farm right there on the website. So if you don't want to do any fancy schmancy stuff, you can go right there. And all it did was autoplayed. And I and I went there to double check awesome. to make sure I had Heather Kelly's podcast right. And it is right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Heather Kelly's podcast is the Indie Music Room, and uh, Four Dodge Radio helps her put that out. That's a internet based radio station. But that's one of those things I'm starting to find out is there's a lot of people that are doing things uh, just like what I'm doing and trying to support the local scene and and do things like that. Even on the recording aspect, there's a lot of DIY recorders and people that oh, have recorded. Sure. You know, they've done good things recording themselves and their bands and they say you know what i'll just 
uh, you know, I'll record my buddy's band and I'll record my other buddy's band. And then you get all these people that start recording all this music and it's, it all sounds pretty damn good these days. What with, uh, the plugins and the internet and you get to see, you know, you get to have your own little, uh, Oh, I want it to sound a little bit more like this. So you just Google it up and wham, here's how you do it. You know? Yep. Yep. That's exactly right. I mean, the, I can remember playing with a band that was pretty good back in the day and, you know, us investigating what it would take to record back then, like absolutely a CD. And um, it was expensive. It was it was prohibitively expensive for where we were. And when we looked into it now, obviously, we're all a little bit older, perhaps a bit wiser, perhaps a bit more comfortable in our livings. And um and we looked at it now, and it's like, oh, well, now it's dirt cheap. Anybody can do it. Yeah. Uh, because there's so many options around town of, of people who are basically like, well, I can report, I can record you, and it's very affordable. So there's really no reason not to. I mean, it, it's amazing because I feel like there are much less there's 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 fewer kids that are getting involved in playing in bands. Is how is my sense of things? That just might be because I'm old and and. You know, I'm I'm getting that old man syndrome of like, oh, back in my day. Yeah, I feel but, you though. But but it feels like there's less kids like playing in garage bands, and ironically, now is a time where it's probably more affordable and easier to have like decent equipment uh, yes. as a garage band. Yeah, especially what with like the online used market and everything. I think a lot of it is oh, a lot yeah. of people just don't know what to buy. Um, and that's one of the things like I, I teach guitar lessons, uh, to beginners. And so like beginners will, like I had one kid come in and he bought some, like, uh, a really cheap, his, you know, he had get someone gave him a really cheap guitar to play. And when I say really cheap guitar, I mean, it was like, and like a Walmart guitar and I'm not even talking like a first act one in a box. I'm talking like one off the shelf, you know? Yeah. And, and so he literally played this guitar until like it was falling apart in his hands. Cause it was made out of like composite wood and he'd get done and mm-hmm. his hands would be covered in like black sawdust and like all this other stuff. And I was like, dude, you know? And so I said, you know, it might be time to think about upgrading. And they're like, well, it's really expensive and all this other stuff. Cause they were looking online at like, you know, just the retail priced box kits of guitars. And they're like 200, 200 oh, yeah. ish yeah. bucks plus, And, it's like, dude, you can go on the used market and get a guitar and an amp for like 100, 150, like most, you know, especially if you tell somebody like, hey, uh, like I'm I'm a beginning guitarist and I'm just trying to figure this out, you know. Um, but, you know, I guess if you don't know that stuff, you don't know it. So it kind of helps oh, to have, sure. have somebody in your back pocket to help you along the way. Absolutely. Yeah. No, absolutely. I'll tell you what I've been doing. Later. I probably shouldn't say this, but one of the things I've done recently is... Um, I bought a couple guitars imported from China, mm-hmm. and I bought them specifically because I wanted to tear them apart and kind of learn how to to build guitars myself. And they showed up, and it was kind of like, well, I'm not sure I want to tear this guitar apart now. Yeah, because I was expecting a piece of junk, and for a couple hundred bucks, uh, I got something that you know probably is comparable to some of the bigger names that people would know. Yes. Um, that may or may not have had the name of some of those bigger names already on it for me, uh, that, uh, that I was kind of like, wow, I cannot believe what quality you can get for, for very cheap. And so, yeah, no. And and so uh, the, the long story short is I, I ended up tearing apart anyway, just because that's what they were for. But, um, but yeah, like uh, I, 
to get a guitar and to learn how to play is probably cheaper than it's ever been. Uh, especially if you're like, well, I don't want to pay for lessons. Like, well, there's resources online where if you have the personal drive to just do it yourself without needing somebody to really, you know, be on your ass, making sure that you're doing your lessons and whatnot, which is probably what a lot of people need. Um, but if you have that, that self drive, like there's resources online, you could do it yourself conceivably. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm hundred percent self-taught from the internet, uh, other than, yeah. other than taking music all through high school. And I took one music theory class, uh, while I was in high school. But like, like you said, if you have the drive to do it, and honestly, I think that's all it is, is somebody, you just have to have the drive to want to want it. Cause literally any, sure. anything in your life you've wanted that you attained, it was cause you wanted it bad enough and you went and got it. Like, Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm a hundred percent with the exception of, like I said, I took, I took some, some lessons from a guy in college, but I'm a hundred percent self-taught and I taught myself all, um, either by, I could read music you know, I was lucky enough to to get involved in music at a, at a young age and and learn to sing properly and all that. And so I uh, I could read music, but I kind of fooled everybody by making them think that I could actually read music as a guitar player, and uh, would just sort of fake it and kind of knew the chords and knew what I was doing, and uh, and so have always. Like I said, like I wanted to be a jazz guitar player, but I couldn't really read jazz music, so I just sort of faked it and taught myself how to read it and whatnot. And, uh, and it, I, I'm living proof that like, it's possible if you really want to do it, like you can learn to read music and do all that stuff and, and be a classical player, basically just teaching yourself. And, and like I said, like the re- I'm old enough that the resources were not the same back then as they are now. It's no. even better now. Oh, it's way better. It's so easy now. Like what with yeah. Guitar Pro and everything else, like you can tab stuff out and and slow it down to fifty percent and and anything, you know. And that's that's one of those things. Like I guess it comes back to like if you don't know the tool exists, how do you use the tool, you know? So it for may, sure, you know, maybe just as far as like starting out, it might just be one of those things where you just start somewhere and then you just kind of dive into the music community around you and just be like, Hey, you know, like, uh, Mm -hmm. what what are you doing over here with this thing? And then everybody just kind of starts giving you little tidbits here and there. And well, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a big barrier to entry for a lot of people is feeling like, well, everybody else is so good and I don't want to show up and only be able to play three chords. And like, I'll be honest with you. Like every time I go and watch, another band i'm like oh these guys are so much better than i am like i I gotta quit everybody feels that way it's you know you got a little imposter syndrome you always feel like an imposter in the crowd yes that's that's 100 percent right i don't want to i don't want to out myself as feeling uncomfortable but that's one reason like i go to shows and I, i play and it's just like dude everyone everyone that's played today like on every instrument is better than me at everything they just did you know and it's maybe maybe it is true maybe it's not you know but it's one of those things where it's just like god dang you know and you like you said you get that imposter syndrome like man i don't even fit in here at all how did i how did i get lucky enough to be here you know for sure oh every time i play i this is this is me getting real real but every time I play, I'm like, oh, the other guitar players in the audience are going to know how cheesy this solo I'm playing is and are going to be like, mm, it's just based off a, of a major scale or a, a minor pentatonic. And, and the truth of the matter is, yeah, people aren't paying that close of attention. They see the, the fingers moving fast and they like what they hear. And that's that's all that people care about. They just want to hear something that's pleasing to the ears. Exactly. Even, even, 
even other musicians only want to hear something that's pleasing to the ears. So. Bingo. You know, yeah. and, and that's one of the things you said about like, oh, he's just using a whatever pentatonic scale. Everybody abuses the pentatonic scale, me, myself included. But it's one of those things where like the way you're using it is not the same way I'm using it. So we're getting two completely different sounds using the same structure. And it's one of those things where, okay, well, that comes back to like, we're doing the same thing, but it's coming out completely different. It's like a choose oh, your own adventure sure. thing, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be the same if two people were writing books and it's like, oh, well, they both use the word the. Like, well, yeah. Yeah, those two different thes could mean completely different things, you know? I mean, it's... Exactly. You know, two books about the same subject could be completely different books and, and songs are the same way. Yeah, uh, just because both two guys wrote science fiction books doesn't mean they're the exact same thing. So, for like, sure, for yeah, sure, for sure. So, like, another thing I was I was thinking about was, like, how, you know, I don't want to call it, like, our, our subtle insecurity of being a musician, because I feel like most musicians go through this in some aspect. But, like, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that kind of helped get me over that was I would just go to jam nights, and uh, I'd bring a guitar and leave it in the car, and I would stand in the back and just be like, nah, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to play tonight or whatever. You know, I'll, I'll get up next time, and now nah, everybody's doing real good. I'll just... I'll just sit in the back, you know, and eventually yeah. I got eventually I got to a jam night and it was in uh, Barnum, Iowa at uh, the junkyard and I was there and <laughs> and Jeremy Ober, who's a musician up here in the northern Iowa area, was just like, here you go. And he just like hands me the guitar and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not playing. And he's just like, no, nah, I'm going to go sit down. And he just like gives it to me. And I'm like, oh, OK. So I had to stand up there and, you know, playing a bunch of songs that I didn't know. Uh, but yeah, it's one of those things where it's just trial by fire. Nobody's there to laugh at you. Nobody wants, especially not when you're around other musicians at a jam night. It's, it's a whole bunch of people that want you to do good. Even if they're not other musicians, you can't tell me somebody goes to a show just to be like, I hope these guys suck. You know, that just doesn't make sense. Nobody's. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, I agree a hundred percent that, that, yeah, people just want to be entertained. Show them a good time. Yeah, it and it's not it doesn't take a, a million notes to make good music and it doesn't I mean, look at how many bands like the Ramones or something like that that just played power chords for the most part and got away with it and it sounded good and it worked for them. Oh, absolutely. You know, it, one of the you know, like throwaway lines that somebody told me once that turned out to be real wisdom was I was I got into this, you know, don't judge me. I got into this jam band phase for a while. Mm-hmm. And I once saw this band called God, what were they called? Pseudopod. They're they're not around anymore, but they were opening for the band OAR back when they were actually a jam band. Okay. And uh, the they had a saxophone player, and I happened to go to the show with a buddy of mine who was uh, a music major for a saxophone at Drake University at the time. Cool. So I'm, I'm there with my buddy, and he's you know this amazing saxophone player, and the saxophone player for the band is just going crazy. And I turned to him and I said man, he's pretty good, huh? And and he kind of rolled his eyes a little bit and was like, well, he's playing a lot of notes. <laughs> and, and like, he was right. And that was his attitude of like, you know, yeah, he technically, he's doing this cool stuff, but at the same time, like, it's just a lot of mishmash. And if yeah. it doesn't sound good, who cares? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I get exactly what you're saying with that too. Like, I, I'm always impressed by people that can play a lot of notes really fast. And when I talk to people that can do that, and I'm just like, dude, you're just shredding up there. And they're like, yeah, I'm playing a lot of notes really fast. Like, they're even humble about the fact that, like, what I'm doing is I'm just just slamming through scales and arpeggios and, and patterns that are 
that I've done a million times over and over again, just like as fast yeah. as I can. And that's not to say like every cool soul. I'm not like trying to be like Eddie Van Halen's just ripping scales. Like, no, he's not. But like, you get right. what I'm saying though. Like, if the more notes doesn't always equal uh, higher quality music. Yeah. No. And and let me let me turn the podcast on you a little bit and ask you a question. All right. Um, what do you have like riffs that you always come back to as like your home riff? For like, oh, if I'm playing a solo, like it's gonna get worked in there somewhere. This little, you know, flurry of notes that I play in everything. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, I have, I have, I have one that dogs me uh, that I've tried to change and get around as much as possible. And the only thing I've done is, uh, I guess you could say, like adjust the pattern enough to make it different. <laughs> I do the same thing. I think everybody does. I think uh, that's my theory: is that every musician has something that they go to because I play this. You know, sort of like, I. are you familiar? Blue notes or blues notes are, you know, sort of half tones in yep. certain positions at a scale. So I have this this weird pattern that I do that, that incorporates some blue notes to kind of, uh, that I started doing just because I thought it sounded cool. And then I found out that every solo I ever write has that same blue note in it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah, like I can't get away from it. And I, I got to assume that, that you and everybody else does the exact same thing of like, oh man, I just can't get away from this one little riff that I play every time dude i'll tell you what it's it's you're 100 spot on that i feel like every musician does that uh at least in some aspect and unless somebody kind of tries to steer him away from it, it it just keeps happening and i'm not trying to pick on any band in particular but i remember growing up i was a huge breaking benjamin fan they're still a good band if you like them i'm sorry like it's just whatever but like i started noticing from album to album there was this little uh pattern that he would do uh, in the middle of songs, not in every song, but it's like, uh, I heard it twice in the first album and I heard it like four times in the next album and I heard it a few times in the next album and it's well enough hidden, but it's still one of those things where if you listen to the songs a couple hundred times each, you're eventually like, Oh, here's a pattern. This, here's a pattern this guy uses. And so it doesn't make me feel as bad, but it's no different than like, if you were to go walk over to your guitar right now and pick it up, I guarantee you, you're probably going to play whatever that certain thing is that you play every time you pick the guitar up. Oh, every single time in between, if we could be a practice for the Eleanor's and in between songs, if I have to just sort of like skilly do a couple notes, it's always going to be that dumb riff pattern with that blue note in it. Every single time I can't get away from <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, no, I, you know, not to bring them up a second time, but I, I'm a huge ween fan uh, huge Pixies fan, huge Ween fan. These weird bands that did their kind of their own thing and and defy genres. But um, I was listening to an interview with with Dean Ween, the the Mickey Malkata, the the guitar player, and he was talking about kind of like the licks that he likes to play. And he basically was like, you know, I've been playing the same solo every song, every album for our entire career, and I'm just waiting for somebody to catch on <laughs> playing the same solo. And it was like, oh man. I definitely feel that playing the same stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can find that in bands. That's the other thing that's kind of weird. Like imagine a band gets established. Um, I don't care. Just pick a band. And then they either their sophomore album, their second, third, fourth album. Once they get like four albums under their belt, this is either like the way the band goes. They have like pretty much three options. The fourth album sounds just like the first, second, and third album. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the other option would be the, they started changing their music and nobody likes it anymore. And everyone's just yeah. like, boo. Or the, the last option is they started changing their music and people like it. And 
that's that's that you know like b- very rarely do you have bands that stay quote unquote the same and don't do anything differently but For uh, sure but you end up with this weird thing where like if you try something new you might alienate some people yeah you know i not not to again to to, to kind of skirt a weird line but i'll tell you what band that comes to mind that that absolutely walks that line between doing the same thing for an album and then switching it up a little but still remaining true to their roots on their next album and i know they are very polarizing but i'm a disciple of theirs is uh coheed and cambria man yeah you ever listen to that uh yes i have heard i have heard their music like you said i'm i you either like them or you don't like them and they're they're not my they're not one of my least favorites like i won't turn it off if it comes on but i also don't like go out of my way to listen to them for sure but well, you're, first but up, you're right though like a lot of their music still sounds relatively close to what they originally sounded like even though they're progressing musically to kind of stretch their limits Oh, for sure. I mean, that is modern prog rock, too. I mean, with the concept albums and every album. I don't know if you knew this. A lot of their albums follow, like, the the lead singer writes a, a graphic novel. And so a lot of the music is is mirroring the novel. I mean, it's all very cerebral and much smarter than I am. That's uh, cool. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I definitely dig their sound. I mean, my my music tastes are all over the place, so so I could probably name ten bands from every genre that I get into on any given day. That's awesome. I mean, you you weren't lying when you were saying that you like music from all across the map. I feel like oh, a lo- yeah. I feel like a lot of musicians have at least some of that in them because, I mean, I I like blues, rock, punk. Um, I like some rap. You know, it just I like a little bit of everything. Um, anymore, I've found that I enjoy watching country if it's live like it's not i don't know it's not my favorite thing to listen to on the radio but like a lot of people around here play country and they're they're baller musicians so it's like dude yeah i'll go watch this well you get that you know so i for a while really got into so i was into punk right and i got into this band called the living end okay or this australian punk band that are like straight like rockabilly punk like revan horton heat and stray cats and like that style of punk and so that kind of bridged the gap to getting into more rockabilly country uh, because they have the same roots. Like rockabilly is this weird fusion of like old rock and roll and, and country and punk and and it has the attitude of punk with kind of the sound of old rock and, and country. And so it turns out there's a lot of like rockabilly country musicians. And so I kind of got into that for a while. Um, and yeah, it's a completely different style of guitar with almost more similar to what you think a bass player with the walking lines and and all this kind of like chicken picking and whatnot but i'll tell you what like there's something to be appreciated from every style of of music out there yeah uh definitely um <clears throat> one of the f- first things that got me like tuned into that was like when i was i feel like everybody growing up uh usually has like somebody in their neighborhood where they're like this guy's good at guitar and they're kind of always like out of the corner <laughs> of their eye watching what that guy's doing and the, yeah. and the one day, I, the guy that uh, was in town here that lived around here that was super good at music, and I was like, who's, you know, what is this guy listening to? And I, I he's listening to some rap music. I'm like, why are you listening to rap? And he's like, dude, some of the beats and rhythms in here are insane. And if you can incorporate them into, like, guitar riffs, like, it's pretty sick. And I was like, dude, I never thought about that. Like, the amount of, like, syncopation and, and odd 
rhythms oh, that, that come sure. out of rap if you can just all of a sudden throw that onto a guitar it's like dude where'd this guitar riff come from and it's like oh, well you know uh just don't tell anyone but it's from rap or whatever you know like oh for sure well there's there you know like a good artist is a good artist i don't care who they are i don't yeah. care what type of style they're playing like you can uh if you really are somebody who appreciates good art you'll you'll hear somebody and it doesn't even matter if it's a genre you don't normally listen to you can at least appreciate like yeah i really like what you're going for there mm-hmm. uh, like you know I'm a, i also happen to be a huge beastie boys fan from back in the day but you know they have albums like some old bullshit which is their this is what we used to be because they started off as a punk band yep and so that album is all their old punk stuff and then you have their more recent stuff before um mca died that was very you know forward thinking and very progressive and then you know they had kind of like a scumbag style back in the day and so that's a band that that you know as artists did a lot of things and did a lot of things right as far as i'm concerned yeah uh, totally and so there's there's that that we're talking about like they, they write a good song it doesn't really matter what style it is it doesn't matter if it's the three of them playing guitar bass and drums playing a punk track or rapping over top of a of a um a record that's spinning like they're gonna write a good song you know i appreciate that yeah man i yeah and that's just the thing like i'm just okay bleh, me stuttering a bunch as far as me not being like a, a musician like i don't write a whole lot of music i can really appreciate when somebody puts a piece of music together and it's like god dang that was good you know like mm-hmm. where did that come from how did that happen like how do you just sit down and be like this came out and it's like god dang you know so let me ask you this because i i you know i i think about this a lot i don't think i've ever asked anybody about it do you ever have a music that piece of music that's so beautiful it brings you to tears uh yeah there's a there's i mean not that i've written but yes there's a piece of music that somebody else has written that does that well that's what i mean like that those are the times like i i'm not a big crier but i'll tell you what there are times when a piece of music like i'll feel that lump in my throat and you know i'll feel the tears welling up behind my eyes and it's like that's an emotional reaction to a beautiful piece of music yeah it's not like oh man i feel like crying it's just like my body is like Nope, you are so touched by uh, this this beautiful singer, and it it could be any genre of music. I could be listening to, to church music, and if the person hits the right note, all of a sudden I'm, you know, yeah, just, just absolutely, you know, getting ready to ball. And 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 that's what I love about art is that it can touch your soul that way, where where it's it's a a sort of primal response to something that that you feel on such a, a intimate and personal and just beautiful level that that your body responds that way. I'm glad it's not just me. Hey, everybody listening to this podcast, if it's you, don't judge me because you're the exact same way. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Dude, and you know, just you saying that just made me sit down and just, I was I was almost daydreaming for a second. Like, man, because there is that one song that does it. and it, It's powerful. Like, it, it almost for a second here just like took me away from the, the podcast for a second. All right. You know? Well, you got to tell me what it is now. I don't want to because people are just going to be blasting it left and right making fun of me. <laughs> no, but, I, but now I want to listen to it. Oh, my gosh. Um, all right. I'll all right, all right, I'll go first. So the last song that really touched me that way was I was listening to some song by the artist Lizzo that just sort of popped up on the, you know, I was, I was listening to videos on YouTube and they just kept putting stuff on and somehow I ended up on Lizzo and she 
I can't even remember what the song was, but Missy Elliott was did a guest appearance. So if if you know what song I'm talking about, that's the song I'm talking about. Oh, hold on a second. Point during the song, I was just like, man, I was overcome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, My back. Yeah, you're back. (laughs) Okay. Cool. I lost you right. Yeah. I lost you right after. uh, Right after you said, if you know what song that is, then then it cut out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what song it was. It was uh, a Lizzo and Missy Elliott, but but that one, you know, had the lump in my throat. So yours can't be any more embarrassing than that. Uh, uh, no, I well, uh, uh, no, no, mine's actually like uh, it's a pretty good one. It's it's the Highwayman by the Highwayman. So oh, for sure, d- for sure. Dude, and I don't know what the deal is, but the farther into that song I get, I just like it's just like oh, I gotta swallow, just just uh, like lump in your throat. You're just like oh man, like, and I don't know if it's just that one thing that every single verse in that song is relatable about to the, like the mortality of a man. Yes, uh, uh, I don't know what it is, but yeah. Hoof yeah. Oh, let me give let me give you another one. Oh, Billy Bragg. I don't know if you listen to Billy Bragg. He's this this English singer songwriter. Uh, that is very much in the like punk folk tradition of like the like old school folk like like protest and and the working man folk not like Bob Dylan folk okay um, but he does a song called uh, Between the Wars and uh, yeah go hey everybody out there go listen to that one because right. that is that is a song and that is an artist that man if he ever comes to Des Moines. If he ever comes to Des Moines, then I will be the first person in line to get tickets. Or if he comes to Kansas City or Minneapolis or anywhere even close, because he is a absolute artist that everybody should be appreciating. Billy Bragg, everybody. Yeah, I just just pulled it up on my uh, my browser here. I'm gonna check it out as soon as uh, as soon as we're off the air here. For sure. Yeah. Tell send me a send me a text or a message. Let me know what you think of that one. Absol- absolutely. That's that's protest music. You know, I don't want to get too far into politics, but but that's protest music at its absolute best. You know, just that it it connects to people on an emotional level that I don't I don't care where you're from or who you are. You know, it's that's what I'm talking about. It's that emotional connection of, you know, we're all just these these meat bags protecting a, a skull that that has a this weird brain in it that is a bunch of electrical current that, you know, charges us with emotion but we end up connecting with each other on on this very deep level and uh and yeah we're just bags of meat as it turns out yeah it's 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 pretty humbling when you start to think about that kind of stuff because i mean uh we're not here for a very long time in the grand scheme of things so i guess not at all you know why not just enjoy as much as we can and that's you know me playing music you playing music uh just anything to distract us from the fact that we are all just mere mortals yeah, for sure. And, and you know, uh, let me just say, because I don't want to forget to say uh, before we end, like, thanks for bringing me on, man. This is a great podcast. Yeah, this is really good. Uh, this is this is definitely one of, like, the deepest conversations I've had on the podcast, and I totally welcome That's them. awesome, man. Yeah, and, and let me just tell you that, that if you ever need guests, talk to Cheyenne, talk to Seth, talk to Jake and the Eleanors, because they are all incredible people that probably would be way deeper than i am i'm I'm like i'm like the joker in the band so (laughs) cheyenne had actually uh, originally contacted me and then deferred to you so 
Yeah, and, and and I deferred to her. I was basically like, you know, you are the you are the driving force in this band. That's hilarious. So, that explains a lot of like the initial confusion because I was like <laughs> conversing with you, and then I was conversing with your band's email, and then I was conver- You know, it was just like back and forth and back and forth. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I I always kind of feel like you know, not like they ever treat me like a junior member, but we've got the two people that were the founding members. And we've got the third person that writes all the music stuff that can talk eloquently about her songwriting process and, and you know, kind of how she writes music. And then you got me, this jerk in the corner that, that writes a, a hook every now and again and does the oohs and the ahs in the background. <laughs> so, so, you know, sorry about that. You got the, you got the lemon. <laughs> you know, that's like the best and worst part about these podcasts. I like doing one-on-one interviews. It, it helps uh, add a little in-depth look into who's playing the music. Um, but I've done like a one whole band interview, and that was with Tyrant Souls a handful of episodes back. And that's been one of my most popular ones because you get to like have a tiny peek at everybody in the band. So I, yeah. I'm, at, I'm at this weird crossroads where I don't know if I want to do band or inter- you know solo interviews. I still like the solo ones because they, they lend themselves to getting this deep, I feel. Oh, well, let me give you my on-air critique. Here you go. You All ready? Right. I... I've listened to a ton of audio, or I'm sorry, I keep calling it Audio Farm. It's actually Audible Farm. Yes. I've uh, been listening to a ton of Audible Farm podcasts, and I love the one-on-ones. Because you're right, you do get in with these these artists, and that's what I'm saying. Like, Ameri- or not America, uh, Iowa has some really, really talented artists, and, and you get to hear about their process. And I was listening to one recently. That was I can't remember. I've listened to a bunch, and so I can't remember some of the names of the people because I listen to Bomb working and and uh, for all you code monkeys out there, while I'm I'm you know writing code, uh, I am a software engineer after all. But um, I was listening to one where the, the the musician was traditionally a rock musician who was playing in a country band, and. Ah, I wish I could remember the name of the artist. And it was a, it was a, the name of the band was Jay something. Uh, Is this something? Jay Clyde band. That, that was it. Jay Clyde band. So I was listening to the the interview with the, the gentleman from the Jay Clyde band and it was just fascinating. And it's like, man, you don't get that if, if it's the entire band, you Uh, know, which would be a completely different experience and, and probably pretty good in its own right. But, but I really dug that interview quite a bit. Yeah, it depends on which one. Uh, I I actually interviewed uh, like three of the guys. So. Oh, okay. But yeah, like that's another one. That, like Jay Clyde Band was like one of the first bands where it's like these guys—they're not like quite a country band. I call them like classic rock leans into country because they do oh, everything yeah. from one, one to the next. But like they were one of the first bands where it was like, dude, these guys all—these are all killer musicians. The music's good. And who cares if somebody's going to call it country? I'm going to like it anyways, you know? Oh, absolutely. No, I started listening to it just because they kept saying the name of the band. And I was like, well, who's this Jay Clyde character? And then I found out that, well, I don't think anybody in the band's named Jay Clyde. No, I don't think any, I don't even know. I guess I didn't ask him if there was a Jay Clyde. Uh, maybe it's like a Leonard Skinner type deal. Yeah, there you go. But I started listening to it, kind of the same thing. Like, okay, like I really like what these guys are doing. You know, I, I just appreciate people who are in Iowa making good music. You know, like we we're in a state that 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 a lot of people like to sneer at. So anybody that's doing something positive and doing something cool, like I want to support that. 
Yeah, man. Uh, and yeah, it's just, it's one of those things like I, I get the benefit of being able to look at two different music areas, like two different scenes uh, simultaneously, like the Northern Iowa scene, which I uh, spend a lot of my time in because that's where I live, but like also in Des Moines where I get to play shows and see a lot of shows down there too. So I get mm-hmm. to, I get to double dip where not everybody else gets to. And it's kind of nice to know that people from both areas are kind of starting to realize like, oh, you know, just, just an hour or so north of here, you start getting into these musicians and maybe somewhere sometime they'll meet in the middle. You know, that's kind of my dream. For sure. No, I absolutely agree. My, 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 uh, absolute dream would be that we have such a scene that people are driving from Ames or from Ford Dodge to come to Des Moines and vice versa because people just can't get enough of the music that they're hearing and again I will say the, the bands are already there like there's some amazing bands from all over central north south Iowa that you should be checking out if you're not if you're just listening to this podcast and you're not actually going out to listen to these bands um, I don't know what's wrong with you but you should totally be doing it because there are some amazing bands all throughout the state. And I, you know, since we've been with the Eleanor, since I've been with the Eleanor's even more so, I've been meeting people from these bands and listening to their recordings and going out and seeing them. And every single time I'm blown away, just humbled by, by how good our music scene is here. You got to support it. Yeah, man, I, I agree wholeheartedly. And that's, that's literally all I'm doing here is just trying to, to get, you know, help people gain some attention and just like, you know, not everybody can go to every show and not everybody follows everybody that I follow or you follow or, you know, I'm even getting write-ins that are like, hey, check my band out. Here it is. And it's, I get to see new bands and all sorts of things. I'm even getting like emails in from people that are talking about like, uh, this guy plays in the such and such community choir and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's just like, dude, I, I didn't even think about that aspect of the music community where it's like, this is, this is not even close to what we're doing, but it's literally at least as important as what we're doing. Oh, for sure. For sure, man. And you're doing a great service to this community and, and the music scene because getting that exposure and, and, you know, obviously I'm biased, you know, I'm in a band that, that, you know, I don't expect us to ever, you know, be touring uh, internationally or anything like that, but are just trying to have a little fun and, and you know, cultivate a scene here in Des Moines and, and Iowa in general. But but you're doing a great service because the more exposure that we can get for some of these bands that are way more talented than I am, that, that really deserve the fan base that that so far... They don't have just because people, I think, are for the most part not aware of, of how good the music is. You know, the more that, that people can can hear bands like Good Devils and Three Finger Betty and Easy Star Child, the more that they're going to realize that that there's a lot of talented acts in Des Moines that they should be, you know, checking out. Yeah, man, and I, you know, I just w- I wish my reach was further because there's more than just Northern Iowa and Des Moines. Like you, you mentioned earlier, a tum was. Atomo is blowing up lately with musicians and music. Yeah, it's blowing my mind, honestly, because, you know, I always, Atomo, you know, like I said, I lived in Louisiana. My wife is from Louisiana, so I drive through there on my way down south. Uh, but it was always just sort of this like, oh, sleepy little town that, that you know, you drive through and you stop for gas. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that, like, oh, I, the more I hear about their rock and their punk and their metal scene like no they atumwa is is a hotbed right now there are some really good bands uncle 
down there, uh, TV cop down there, like obviously good devils down there. Like there's, and I'm, I'm forgetting some other bands that I'm sorry if you're listening and you're from Ottumwa and you play in a band, I didn't mean to forget you. I'm sure that I'm going to kick myself when I think about you. <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's good that you mentioned that I've, I've been getting a lot of requests lately, uh, to do, to do interviews, just finding the time convenient for all parties is probably the toughest part but like i've been in touch with with uncle as well and i mean it's just hey uncle how's it going uh you know it's just one of those things where i, I wish i had the time to put out like an episode a day because i feel like i could do it for a whole year and not repeat a, a guest you know and it's oh for sure it's oh oh all guts no glory we played with them recently from otomo too i didn't know they were from otomo yeah, another great Atumwa band. Man, like that's what I'm saying. Like there are so many good Atumwa bands recently. Yeah, we haven't even touched on like Iowa City and Quad Cities. Like that's a For whole other, that's sure. a whole other beast out in that direction, man. There's yeah. there's a lot of good music out there. And uh you know what the one of the coolest parts is is you're in one of the bands making some of that cool music. Thanks, um, man. Dude, the the Eleanor's easily one of my favorite bands to go see live. One of the the happiest thank, thank you. one of the happiest moments of this last year was was going to play a late show at Vaudeville Muse and we saw I show up early to load all my gear in and you were headlining the early show, uh the Eleanor's. Yes. And so I got to come see the Eleanor's play like you know for free or whatever but I, I got to come in and just be like dude it's the eleanor so i was i was really blown away i couldn't believe that it was one of those happy happy accidents that happened that, that's so funny because i stuck around just to watch y'all play because yep. i was like oh three figure bendy's played right after us and the late show yeah and same thing like oh i don't have to pay so uh yep. i'd pay to see him but it's even better when i don't have to pay because that means a couple extra drinks dude it was such a happy coincidence like you said yeah. it's i'd i'd easily pay money to go watch you guys play because it's not about not paying to watch bands for sure but, for sure but you get that weird benefit where it's like dude that crossover where you're hauling gear out and you get to watch me play and i'm hauling gear in and i get to watch you play you know it's yeah and if, if i remember correctly i was so enamored by your guitar because you have a, an amazing guitar and i'm a gearhead so we didn't even get into that i'm a total gearhead <laughs> and you have a beautiful guitar yeah dude it's uh that was that was that was the guitar that i bought to try everything out on was uh yeah. a used used les paul it's a just just an epiphone but I'm, you know by the time i got done upgrading everything on it it's it's my guitar now you know uh, all you gearheads out there, uh, if you haven't seen Three Finger Betty, go out just to see his guitar. It's cool <laughs> as hell. Oh, man. Uh, I get a lot of looks with that thing. I mean, I used to take that to jam nights and play at jam nights with it every now and then, even though like that's typically the Three Finger Betty guitar. But, yeah. uh, I, you know, I, I've got a uh, like a Strat-style guitar that I'll bring out to jam nights most of the time when I'm playing blues. But otherwise, yeah, that's... Uh, that's the one is the that goofy goofy guitar that I play with three finger Betty. I, I you know and it's one of those things I just like you said you just wanted to buy something oh. to try to try everything out. Oh, I'm cutting out. But yeah. You are, but that's okay. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to like buy something to try new electronic whatnots on and just like, oh, I wonder if I could what would it be like to put a new pickup in something and it's like I'm not going to wreck someone else's stuff, so I just bought something cheap of my own and tried it and that's mm -hmm. that's how that started and that's how crazy it went hell yeah man very so, cool very cool so uh any shout outs well, you want to give before we uh take off because you and i have almost got we got an hour and 15 plus here 
Cool, cool. Uh, let me just say then, I will say a real big shout out to the sleepover, who I cannot wait to hear what you guys have in store for us on Thursday. Um, Ruby Rocket and the the locomotive Wonder Kid, same thing. Like if you guys haven't seen them, they they're from Kansas City, but they play Des Moines all the time because they have deep Des Moines roots and they're incredible. And you know, I hope you'll come see the Eleanors. I hope you'll come see Three Finger Betty. Um, but yeah, man, support this scene in Iowa because we have some great musicians and, and the only way that we're going to have more great musicians is if more people come out and hear us play. So, uh, yeah, support this scene, man. It's a great scene. This is a great podcast. Tell your friends about it. You know, make, I'm serious. Get them, get them, get them a huge fan base. Let this guy do this professionally. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, that would that would be awesome i you know i would i would probably give just about anything to be able to actually draw money from my podcast but there you uh, go but there you, go. you know uh go to at punk rock grandmas on facebook on instagram do you, do you guys got a do you guys got a twitter uh so the 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 instagram the twitter the facebook are all punk rock grandmas um smart. if you want if you want to hear some pretty rough demos because you just can't get enough Eleanors. Listen to us at Punk Rock Grandmas at SoundCloud. Cool. Um, we we have a band camp, but I have not posted anything on it. Again, lazy software engineer. Um, but uh, but yeah, you should definitely come see us play. Listen to our stuff and and be ready for that Eleanor's EP or Eleanor's album to drop because it's going to be very soon. And um, and. You know, the leads might suck, but the rest of the band will be great. <laughs> don't, don't sell yourself <laughs> short, man. Yeah. The leads are going to be great. The leads are going to be great. They're going to be great. They're going to be amazing. <laughs> Dude, go go see the Eleanors live. Uh, say hi to David while you're at the show. Uh, David Tillinghast. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, I should tell you, or I should tell the, the people listening, nobody calls me that. Call me Till. Till. So, if you come out and you say David, I'll think you're my parent. So, uh, <laughs> oh, I might come, out, come out and say hi to Till. That's hilarious. Go say hi to Till at the the next Eleanor show. If you want to find out anything about their shows, go to follow them on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, they're really active on Facebook, posting lots of good stuff. So check them out on Facebook, Punk Rock Grandmas. Till, uh, Till, I was going to say David, but I'm not your mom. Yeah. <laughs> Till, thank you very much for sitting down with me, uh, chatting with me, making some time in your day to get it done, man. I really appreciate this. Absolutely, man. It's a lot of fun. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, man. I can't wait to see you at the next show live. Hell yeah. All right. We'll see you. All right. See you. I told you that was a good one. Uh, Till, as as you guys now know, Till. That's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna refer to him as. Uh, you know, or maybe I'll just be Mr. Tillinghast. No, it's Till. Uh, Till was sitting down with me, and it was it was a great, great, great episode. This is gonna be one of those ones that I will probably view as one of the dark horse favorite episodes that I've done. Uh, you know, he pried a little bit of information out of me. I didn't really want to do. Maybe he should be uh, interviewing people on a podcast. We'll give him the segment. Uh, no, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was a great episode. I really enjoyed sitting down talking with him. Uh, other than a, f- a few highs here and there, I never really said too much to him at shows. We uh, were at a show at Vaudeville in Des Moines, and I sat next to him and, and chatted with him for a little bit and kind of put the bug in his ear about the podcast. And boom, he was down, and uh, he delivered. I, uh, I want to say thanks to uh, David Tillinghast Jr. for uh, coming out, talking to us about the Eleanors, 
and all things that uh, you know kind of make him tick and, and think and and uh, you know it's just great to get somebody else's perspective on music and David really really opened up in this one excuse me Till really opened up in this one I'm gonna I'm gonna mess that up every single time so <laughs> so uh, yeah it's it's a great one check out all the links to the Eleanor stuff down below you can catch them at a live show uh, pretty much anywhere in the Des Moines area they have branched out a little bit farther but check it out. They, uh, they do shows a lot. Um, for a while there in the summer, it was it was at least once a week you could see them play at a show, it seemed like. So uh, go out, check them out at a show sometime. They play some awesome punk music. Uh, it's it's tons of fun. Uh, it's, it's all ages friendly, too. So if you uh, want to go bring your kids to a show, find an all-ages show with the Eleanors on it and check it out. They're tons of fun. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's going to pretty much wrap it up for today. I want to say thanks once again to the guest. I want to say thanks to our sponsors, Couchtown Coffee, the one and only, the OG, the best, best coffee in Iowa. Uh, I'm not just saying that. I really like the coffee. It's definitely one of my favorite uh, coffees I've ever had, and I drink it every morning now. Uh, Not just because they sponsor the podcast. No, it's actually really, really good coffee. They got a Facebook page. You can check their Facebook page out. You can check out their website, www.couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like. Uh, you know, get, make an order and save 20%. Enter that code word GRANDMA. You will save 20% on your order this week. Thanks all to Couchtown Coffee for supporting the podcast and being so awesome to every single one of our listeners. Really appreciate it. We've also got uh, a new website up. You know, the new website's looking pretty good. It's, it's nothing too fancy. It's a lot like the old website. But uh, I don't know. I just, I just figured I would uh, update it a little bit. I was... I had Iowa Podcast Network make me a little page of their website, and that's what I was using for the longest time. But now it is a standalone website. I've made it all by myself. Like I said, it looks a lot like theirs because we use the same uh, website building stuff. But you know what? That's all right. That's totally all right. So you can go to www.audiblefarm.com, and you can find all things about the Audible Farm podcast, uh, including places you can listen, places you can be social with us on social media. You can even find uh, a little link there to message us if you want to be on the podcast. If this is the first time you've listened to a podcast from Audible Farm, and you had a hard time trying to find like the YouTube channel, or you've never downloaded a podcast app, or you don't know how to do any of this stuff, um, you can just go to www.audiblefarm.com. There's a player right there. Um, you can listen to the podcast right from the browser. Uh, it's just as good as anywhere else. I mean, it's all the same audio for the most part. So if uh, you want to check that out, you can check that out. It's pretty cool. There's links to all the social media there, including our YouTube page, which we have been adding uh, band videos to again. Uh, that was something we had originally launched uh, Audible Farm to do was to record band videos and upload them online and kind of help people support uh, different bands here and there and giving people a shot to to see bands they'd never seen before. And that's uh, that's what we're going back to doing. So check it out go to www.audiblefarm.com um find the youtube link there's a there's a couple of them on the page but yeah just click on that click subscribe you'll never miss another video or podcast again it's awesome ah another one here we go we got shirts uh shirts are available as a matter of fact today if you go to facebook you will find that i have drawn for the halloween t-shirt giveaway um, I'm pre-recording this, so I don't actually know who won at the time I'm pre-recording this intro and outro, but on Facebook tomorrow, everybody will know. So if you guys missed out on your opportunity for the Halloween t-shirt giveaway, I'm sorry, you missed out. 
but I do still have some t-shirt left. So if you uh, need a t-shirt, uh, find us on Facebook or send us uh, an email, audiblefarm at gmail.com. Just let us know. Um, I like to take the emails better. It's easier to organize them. But if you uh, drop me something in the comments section, I will do my best to uh, figure it out and get you a t-shirt. I will uh, sell them for 15 bucks each or I will ship them for 20 So it's totally up to everybody whether or not you uh, want to come pick it up for me or you want me to ship it to you. And it doesn't really matter that much to me. All right, last but not least, I want to say thanks to all of our partners. Um, i kind of just been locking arms with a couple different, I don't know if, not all of them are really companies. Some of them are just little networks and some of them are podcasts and and uh, just anybody trying to support music, art, anything like that uh, around the area, just like we are doing here, I want to shine a little light on them. And uh, these people have been very good to me, so I want to be very good back to them. Uh, the Fort Dodge Fine Arts Association, uh, located in Fort Dodge, kind of just letting everybody know about all the art and uh, music and everything that's been going on. They got a calendar there on the website. There's links down below. Check it out. Uh, also, the Indie Music Room. It's a radio show slash podcast uh, hosted in Fort Dodge uh, by Heather Kelly. So you want to check that one out. That's a monthly podcast. Uh, it's a nice, easy listen. I like that one, too. You can actually hear some tunes on that one. So that's a pretty good one. Otherwise, uh, I joined a couple podcast networks when I had originally launched the podcast. Podcast IA and Iowa Podcast Network. Uh, two things that are basically one and the same, but not quite. And I really just wanted to say thanks to each one of those two networks for uh, kind of jump-starting my podcast back in the day. Uh, if you go to their websites, there are links down below. You can find all sorts of goodies, uh, links to other podcasts and, and things of that nature. So uh, those, are our, those are our partners. Our sponsor, once again, was Couchtown Coffee for this episode. Our guest was David Tillinghast Jr. of the amazing Eleanors, those punk rockin' grandmas. Uh, that was a fun time. I got links to all the stuff down below. Check it out. I will see you guys next week. Peace.